0: chapter eight of the whispering eye by g t fleming roberts this librivox recording is in the public domain the forces of evil the eye had chosen his headquarters well it was in the basement room of what had once been a greenwich village speakeasy there he had brought together all of the important rival mobs of the city forces of evil which might otherwise have been at each other's throats the Eye had brought unity to the Underworld. He had taught them that there was nothing to be gained by warring among themselves, and there were millions to be gained by united action. Delancey was there, his toad-like form crouching on the edge of his chair placed next to that of Ron the Bug Brayton, formerly Delancey's rival in the rob-and-kill profession. All of Delancey's star Gunsels were there, Squid Murphy, Shiv, and the rest the eye was there standing on a rough wood platform at the end of the room his coat was off so that anyone present might plainly see the twin gun harnesses he wore and the black butts of two heavy automatics his face and head were covered with a full mask of thin white rubber pierced by two slots for eye holes he wore a black slouch hat black hood was there but nobody knew about that except the guard at the top of the basement stairway. The guard knew, but, bound and gagged, he was in no position to say anything about it. Black Hood stood in that shadowy stairway and was himself like one of the shadows, watching, listening, waiting for his time. Ray DeLancey shuffled to his feet as the meeting began. "'Mr. I,' DeLancey said, "'I got a complaint to make, that is, if you don't mind. "'Like to get it off my chest before we go into anything in the way of new business.' "'The eye inclined his head. "'Make your complaint, mister,' he coughed. "'Well, go ahead.' "'It's about this man, Carlson, who works for you,' Delancey said. "'When I pulled that job at the weedon plant for you, I was hot on the getaway. "'I thought I was hot anyway.' We switched paint jobs at Berkey Station, see, and rolling into town, that dame you sent to ride with us switched on the radio. A police call came true. The coppers were looking for us. I didn't figure out how come until a good bit later. Go on, the eye said. Delancey shuffled his feet and looked at the floor. I don't like to make trouble, see, but it was a put-up job. You mean what? the eye questioned. I mean, that was no police call. There was some sort of a phonograph device under the cowl of that getaway car, and this was hooked up to a radio switch. That police call was a phony. We wasn't hot. That was just rigged up to send us to Jack Carlson's to ask that he get us out of town in a hurry. I went to Carlson. I told him we was hot because at the time I figured we was. He wanted 50% of our total take to move us out of town. 50% and with the ten that we were supposed to pay you, that don't leave a guy much profit. I told Carlson I'd rot in jail first. And all the time I ain't hot at all, because the bulls haven't turned on the heat on me. It was a phony, see, just to get me to spend a lot of dough on a getaway. The eye nodded. There have been some other complaints about Carlson. I will see that he is eliminated." Someone else will take over the position which he has filled. In the shadows of the stairway, Black Hood laughed soundlessly. That was a hot one. That was. Here was Carlson playing both ends against the middle, getting his cut as the eye, and getting a second and large helping out of his crooked transport business. And now the eye was talking about eliminating Carlson to appease Ray Delancy. To get back to the business at hand, the eye said. Our next job is a small matter of one hundred thousand in unset jewels. And by a hundred thousand, I'm not referring to the current market price. We can realize that amount from a fence. It sounds good, eh? Some of the mobsters cursed appreciatively. There is, the eye continued, an obscure little jewelry shop known as Tauber's. "'which has received such a shipment of gems.' "'Diamonds or other stuff?' "'Ron, the Bugs Brayton, asked. "'The eye coughed. "'The former,' he said. "'Tomorrow night I will require the services of a select number of you. "'I'll want Murphy and—' "'He nodded at Delancey. "'You. You too, Brayton, and a number of your best men. "'We will also need a good safe expert.' one of the crooks held up his hand that's me agreed then the eye said if there is nothing else to attend to we may as well adjourn as some of the crooks started toward the foot of the steps leading up from the basement room it appeared as though there was quite a bit more to attend to this was the moment for which black hood had been waiting standing near the top of the stairs he reached out and hauled the bound and helpless guard down to his level As the first of the hoods showed his face at the foot of the stairs, Black Hood gave the guard a shove that sent the man flopping down the stairs to bowl over two of the foremost members of the mob. The Black Hood took a couple of strides and then leaped from halfway down the steps. He cleared the roped guard and the two fallen hoods, landed lightly on the balls of his feet within a yard of Squid Murphy. And then, before anyone in the room could quite understand what this was all about, The Black Hood unleashed a furious one-man attack on the startled crimesters. His two long arms reached out, his gloved fingers closed on Squid Murphy, and the killer called Shiv simultaneously. He brought the two together, all but jerked them from their feet, to crack Murphy's head against that of Shiv. Murphy and Shiv went limp, and as they fell, Black Hood snatched a half-drawn automatic from the shoulder holster of Gunman Murphy. He stepped clear of the two men, faced the others, a mocking smile on his lips. "'I am seldom required to carry a gun, since one of my opponents nearly always gives me his,' he said quietly. "'It will take just one smart move from anyone among you to find out whether or not the Black Hood can shoot.' Ten of the most dangerous criminals in the city, plus that mastermind the Eye, stood there in awed silence. "'watching that tall figure in yellow tights and black silk hood. "'I want the eye,' Black Hood said. "'If you will surrender him to me, I will give the rest of you a break. "'A break of five minutes in which to take your chances with the law.' "'Black Hood knew that the criminals would make no such bargain. "'He was talking to stall for time. "'He knew that sooner or later either he or the criminals would have to make a move.' What move that would be, he had no idea. But he was ready for anything. It was Delancey who made the first move. He had the idea that he could draw and shoot before Black Hood could discover from just what particular point of the room the danger threatened. And it was Delancey's fatal mistake. Before he had his gun out of his shoulder holster, Black Hood had fired. He had fired, remembering that cold-blooded slaughter at the Weedham Industries plant. A third black and hollow eye appeared suddenly in Delancey's forehead. The legs of the gunman bowed beneath the weight of his toad-like body. There was a dull, bewildered expression on Delancey's face as he hit the floor. But that first shot was the spark that touched off the powder barrel. Two more followed, one that tugged at Black Hood's cape, a second one that shot out the light in the room. Black Hood backed toward the bottom of the stair. He'd plant himself there in that narrow exit, and if the crimesters thought there was an avenue of escape, let them try. The automatic in his hand bucked and barked. His only target was the flame from the snouts of the gangsters' guns, but agonized cries told him that at least a portion of his slugs had found their mark. Suddenly, he saw at the rear of the room a narrow shaft of gray light. Somebody had opened a door, just for a moment. He saw the white face of the eye, the rubber mask glowing like the surface of a moon. Black Hood shot twice, pulled the trigger a third time only to hear the hammer click on an empty chamber. Perhaps the eye heard that click and understood its meaning, for it was then that he made his dash through the rear door. Black Hood knew that retreat was now his only course. He was without weapons in a battle of screaming lead. He turned, stumbled over a fallen form, caught his balance, and then took the stairway in long strides. A cop, attracted by the shooting, appeared at the top of the steps, but he was only a momentary barrier to the Black Hood. A very hard man to stop once he got under way. His fist lashed out, caught the copper on the chin, The man probably never knew exactly when the floor came up to slap the back of his lap. Black Hood was clear of the building now, his legs working like tireless pistons. He heard the shrill scream of police sirens, and in the basement of the building the roar of gunfire still sounded. Perhaps the criminals did not know that their opponent had left. One thing was certain. Black Hood had dealt the forces of evil a hard blow that night, and he had showed the eye. That the black hood was hard on his trail. Rounding the corner, black hood sighted a taxicab cruising along. He dashed into the street, waving his arm. The cab stopped. The driver goggling at the strange figure that had hailed him. "I'm in a big hurry to a masquerade," the black hood said as he opened the door of the taxi. "So that's what it is," the driver said, apparently satisfied. The Black Hood got into the cab. He gave the address of Jack Carlson's auto livery. So the Eye thought he had escaped, did he? Black Hood chuckled. Well, he'd planned a little surprise for Jack Carlson, alias the Eye. End of Chapter 8